Michael Shaggy Parker. Hey, now. Mike DiPaolo. Existence is pain. And Rich Sowers. Hey, guys, what's up? Rich sounds like the most enthused person out of all of us. Yeah, I'm just trying to see how far I can push this edgelord stuff on a podcast. Push the what? Push this edgelord nonsense. Edgeboard? You talking about your 3D printing in the background? Sure, why not? Okay. Um, okay, so, uh, moving along, (laughs) well, just moving to the next section, um, we have here what we did since last episode, uh, one thing I know for a few of us who've been to Fun Flies, we'll skip the Fun Flies, don't put them here, um, because we have a section to cover Fun Flies, so I'm gonna go a bit different order and go with DePaulo first, what have you done since the last recording, DePaulo? I broke two helis by flying them. I flew a jet. I'm building a printer with a printer. That pretty much sums it up. Yeah, pretty much. He blew up a clutch. What else did you do that you fought? You blew up the tail. That's what you did. No, it wore out. Wore out. It wore up the tail. You fly it enough times, it wears out. Yeah, mine mine was around 800 before the gears showed significant wear. Wow. Hmm. Mine was when it hit the dirt. Yeah. Yeah, mine always hits the dirt before I have to wear it out. That was 2017. Okay, let's go with uh, Rich. Hey, guys. Um, let's see what I did. We've been to some fun flies. We'll get over those or talk about those in a few minutes. Um, we did the auto contest and the practice for the auto contest. That was cool. And uh, we'll talk about that in a few minutes. But um, otherwise, I've done been to the field a few times, done a little bit of flying, went out Saturday, um, Crash the Protos, uh, doing autos. Send it. (laughs) Dude, I just feel like a crash king. I haven't crashed in forever, and all of a sudden, every time I go practice anything, I'm crashing. Did you Mike Sobey it? No, just uh... (laughs) (laughs) a... No, I think you had a better explanation on Saturday in in writing. Smash it. Didn't you say something like, I feel like Shaggy now? Yeah. yeah, What? Well... What? What? Absolute savage. Well, every time we get to talk on the podcast, we always get to talk about crashing. It's always you. Wait, when did I crash? Seems to be me. You know what? Rich has a point. Rich has a Rich has a big podcast. Have you not led with? Oh, and I crashed. (laughs) Oh, the five hundred. That was the last one. Or the. Okay, well, this year I've had some uh, problems. How many fireball crashes have you had? Three this year. It sounded like more than that. It was three this year, or maybe it was four. There it is. <laughs> or five. <laughs> we going, chick. But there's two 500 crashes on that, unfortunately. Oh, the logo. That's right. I didn't. Con- hey, I, we're coming I, around. I didn't consider that as a crash because it was a botched auto, and I was able to get it flying a few minutes later. Well, anyway, hence the comment. But um, 
we're going to talk more about the the Protoss crash later because it kind of leads into what our topic is today. Because um, it just turned out to be a an issue with my setup and where my switches were at, and I wasn't paying attention. And uh, so, um, tell you what, who's next? Shaggy. Shaggy. And uh, Rich, you actually bought something, right? Uh, yeah, I bought a radio from you. Yeah, and I sold a radio. I appreciated for you. that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyway, so I did not go to a single damn fun fly uh, uh, since since Modown. Um, I've actually been kind of slowing down on flying lately. Uh, it's getting winter time. And so I got to get some wood because we burn wood for the winter. So basically house projects and fun stuff like that. You sound like a lumberjack. Uh, hey, got, got to do it. got to get it done. Got to, got to get some heat. I got to collect the wood for the winter. Otherwise I'm going to die to a burr. <laughs> Let me show you. <laughs> um, don't worry. You can make fun of me later. I, yeah, yeah, I will. I did learn a lot from Mike actually with uh, 3D printing because he's building a printer with a printer and he's going to get rid of a printer, which, and I'm thinking about getting a printer. So there's a lot to learn on that, but I'm excited to give it a shot. Yeah, so, it's truly a hobby inside a hobby. Yes, it is. But yeah, I, I, what's funny is I went over there and he's like printing this small little test project that, you know, the get the file, I don't know, get, get the, the fillings just right for his printer he's building and i'm just staring i literally stared at this thing for 45 minutes as it's printing it's mesmerizing oh my gosh it is i love it it's so cool just to watch it do its thing and he had for some reason he had this weird feature where it was like stupid fast too yeah so it was even cooler Um, uh you'll have your own time to play with it here soon when you get it yep but as far as like i guess i guess you wouldn't consider that hobby related even though you can build hobby stuff with it but Hobby related, uh, I did do a little bit of flying yesterday, not a whole lot. I actually invited my nephew over, and uh, he's been kind of wanting to get into this hobby. And so I've been trying to, like, get some things. I, get, uh, I won a, uh, at the Modown, I won an Inductrix, uh, the, uh, was it, the Inductrix uh, little quad. Uh, it was the Ready to Fly, so it came with a radio and everything. I won that in the raffle, and immediately I thought, like, this is perfect for Daniel, this is my nephew here. Uh, so I gave that to him for his birthday because it was just like a couple weeks later. And finally I got with him to kind of show him how to do it. I swear this kid is actually, he's got a talent for this. Like he picked up, I know it's a quad, it's got stability and everything, but he's like doing like all the orientations, flying nose in and side in and all that stuff. And he even started doing a pirouetting circle. I'm like, how are you doing that? It's like, I don't know. I was just messing around. It's like, you did a pirouetting circle. How? How old is he? He's uh, 11. I'll be honest. Uh, some of the quads I've flown will do a pirouetting circle just because a gyro really sucks at his job. Well, so yes, and I know exactly what you're talking about. You can hold rudder and it will kind of just drift. But I saw his sticks and he was given the inputs. Cool. And I asked him, like, can you do that again? He's like, I don't know what I was doing. I don't know how I did that. I'm like, okay, well, you did it. <laughs> It was it was actually very fun to watch him fly, and he, I swear he flew that quad like thirty times yesterday. And then in between the batteries charging, uh, we started working on a flight test plane I bought from him. It's the Tiny Trainer, which is an amazing little flight test plane. And he started building that, and he's never done anything like this before. And he's he's so excited; he really wants to get into this. And uh, um, we went out in the basement to get some other things, and he saw the helicopters there, and, he's, and he pointed to the Oxy Two. It's like, can you fly this? Like, 
eh, it's all busted up, but you know, from, from a couple of friends of mine, but <laughs> eh, I mean, I could fly a little bit. So I, you know, flew it around and immediately like I spool it up and I just do some pitch pumps. He's like, Whoa. I mean, he's seen me fly before, but he's never seen me fly this little one. Like it's on crack. So he was so excited seeing that. And he said, can you cut the grass? Flip it inverted, started cutting the grass. And then I get a little too low. Whop. And, you know, no big deal, but for some reason, I couldn't figure out how to, I couldn't find the throttle hold switch. So it, it was literally doing an electric chicken dance on the ground. Oh. And it's like, blah, 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 blah. And it's not doing anything. That's the thing. It's not breaking. It's a freaking oxy. <laughs> it's I'm just like. I'm surprised it didn't strip the gear out right away. No. Mine always But then does. smoke started coming out. It was like, damn it. There goes the motor. I finally got throttle hold to work. Um. I got to look at Monty's settings because I don't think throttle hold is where I think it's supposed to be. It's on the uh, top of the radio, the small switch. On the left, or on the right. Your throttle hold is different. I just realized that. No, it's the default place for a Fataba. Yeah, but you have the switch position different, I think. Like the, the way where you have to flip it. Uh, should be first position, middle position, uh, engages it and the full up position keeps it engaged. Yep. There it is. That's the problem. Mine's reversed. Cause it wouldn't work. And so I had to hit, eventually I hit throttle cut and then, you know, zero the pitch, which, you know, kills the motor completely. And, but this motor was smoking. So I need a new motor, but, uh, there, there there's, that's how you, and, and, and he's like, you broke it. And it's like, eh, just a motor. <laughs> but, um, I, he's actually like, I want one of those. That, and I was like, oh, great. Here we go. <laughs> That's cool though. Um, so he's like, how, you know, how hard is that to fly? It's like, well, if you, by learning on the quad, that will teach you the basic controls. It is harder, but keep on flying the quads. You will, that, that is how you start right there. They have the same controls pretty much. So, that's pretty much what I did. I, I didn't do a whole lot of work. I'm not going to mention the uh, <clears throat> planes that I've been working on. Got two of them ready to fly. I'm not going to mention those because, well, we're not teleprop. So, but yeah, that's pretty much all I really have done was I, you know, I, I had, a, that was yesterday and I had a blast with, with him and he, he's all excited. So, uh, look forward to taking him out to uh, some heli events, uh, maybe even Urchin next year because hmm. he actually wants to go. Like already, he just wants to go. He wants to. He wants to. He wants to do this. So that pretty much wraps it up for me. I, I know there's something important to talk about, but oh well. Moving on. Uh, okay, go for turn. it, Rob. Uh, so since last recording, I've been to three fun flies. <laughs> um, I found a lock nut was causing a wobble during my autos. Um. I helped a friend find and buy a Fataba radio. Uh, Poor soul. I would say a word of warning. <laughs> what? What? <laughs> I would s- Nothing. Oh, you freaking Jetty Master. I, I would say <laughs> a word of warning is if you spend too much time in the passenger seat of my car, you too may be buying a Fataba product. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. You got Hiddle to buy a Fataba? <laughs> yes. Are you serious? <laughs> yes, I'm serious. Oh my gosh. What'd he get? Uh, 14SG. 14 nice i didn't know that yeah. that's why he was asking me some fataba questions ah. you son of a bitch yeah, wait till he sees the price of a receiver 
Well, uh, I am giving him a R617FS, which will work perfectly <laughs> on his T-Rex 600 because I have yeah. three of them. Yeah. And um, then, well, nice. then he's uh, getting a hold of a 7004 fastest receiver, which will go well with his uh, goblet on his icon. So, nice. Uh, That's cool. Yeah. I just bought four four photobo receivers in the past like three days. Yeah. Um, as to a lock nut causing wobbles during autos. Yeah. What the hell? <laughs> it took some poking around, but what I finally found is that one of my lock nuts I could tighten. I could hold it by my hand and tighten it, and it would slightly loosen up in flight, which would make it a different. Uh, one blade had different tension than another blade, and so. so oh, you're leading lag. As the auto came to an end and I didn't have much head speed, one blade would lead or lag more than the other, causing the head to mm-hmm. be out of balance and for the model to wobble. Unfortunately, I found that out by breaking a servo horn. <laughs> so, oh, did you tip over a little bit? Or? Yeah, the blade the blade did a swipe at the ground and it broke it broke uh, a servo horn. But uh, that's all it broke, right? Yeah, that's all it broke. Yeah, I, uh, so not I, crash, botched auto. I uh, I repaired or I replaced that servo horn and yeah, because I, I powered up the model, my servo, my swash wasn't flat, and I was like, uh, only one way for that to happen, and um, <laughs> so yeah, new uh, new servo horn went out and flew the model a couple more times and found that I've completely gotten rid of whatever wobble I had left on my model. Um, yeah, uh, I did order uh, HC seven hundred servos today, so I should have those. Oh, you did get them? Yep. Well, nice. I, I've ordered them. Yeah. Which ones did you buy? The HC700s. Are that like, is that like the $250 piece ones? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, nice. Yeah. That's how you spend a grand. Speaking of which, I still have more synergy parts to sell. <laughs> <laughs> you're never going to get rid of that. Uh, you, you're going to literally like five years down the road, you're going to open up a parts bin and there'll be like a synergy freaking like package there with like synergy bearings or something. Oh, I've kept bearings. I could probably go through my bearings and figure out which bearings I have in my model and which ones I can start throwing out or giving away. But um, <laughs> I mean, you're literally like, and, and, and then like, you're going to get out of the hobby completely. You know, like if that ever happens, you know, you're going to be like 80 some years old and you're going to be like digging into the sofa and you're like, oh, synergy horn. Mm, maybe. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, Back maybe. in the day, this was a top of the line quality right here. Of course, you won't have a southern accent. Yeah, maybe I'll lose my mind and gain one. Uh, Losing your mind, yes, I can, I can, I can believe that. So next up is the well, we don't have any heli news, so we'll call it heli event coverage. Hell, this is just going to be Rich and I talking. <laughs> <laughs> you don't see it, but I'm flicking you guys off right now. Ah, uh, dude. Well, you were invited. For Heli Extravaganza, you were invited. Wayne Arrow, I'm sorry, I ran out of space. And Triple Creek RC, I, I had space. I think, I think everybody was invited. So, for the uh, Wayne, 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 th- Wayne, Wayne Arrow. Yeah, that one. I was actually at Shannon Airport helping out w- uh, at a different club that I am belonging to. Uh, set up there for their little um, fun fly thing. Uh, it's like a Halloween fun fly thing there where they had a bunch of warbirds, like full scale and everything, and did like a little air show there. That was fun. 
So sounds like it was cool. They had a they had a scale they had a static display of aircraft. Yep, and they also had a candy drop for the kids where they took uh, three different airplanes, uh, two Cubs and a uh, Waco. Lame model models or full or or, or full scale stuff. Full scale. Yes. And they had models there, but yeah, they, it was mostly full scale stuff. Um, Heli Extravaganza. I guess out of everything going on with Heli Extravaganza, I would say in the auto contest, um, you've heard pretty much all the other podcasts talk about how people were gliding. Um, mm-hmm. Of all the other podcasts, I'm actually one of the guys who had who had responsibility over how the, how parts of how the contest went. I'll say this: um, I, I did ask about the gliding because people brought it up beforehand. Uh, the reason a rule was not made that gliding would not be allowed, I would say, had more to do with less rules, more fun. Mm-hmm. So I definitely know that gliding and some way of dealing with it will be in for next year. Um, yeah, I think there was some discussion around it, but you know, the, the whole idea, the whole thing was just to go out and have a good time and get people involved that haven't been getting involved in anything. Uh, you know, talking with friends while it was happening, Rich, we emptied out the three, we emptied out the main flight line during heli extravaganza for people to come over and watch the auto contest. Yeah, it was awesome. We had a bunch of people watching. Yeah. You know, I think back up just a little bit and uh, let's, you know, talk about Friday and because I think um, there's been lots of coverage on who was there and, you know, how many people were there and all that. But there's been, you know, because we were in the contest and you led the contest or helped lead it, um, you know, in the uh, the class that was on Friday. Um, so you know. I, you went down early Thursday, correct? I went down Wednesday. You went down Wednesday. I no, no. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I went Thursday. You're right. You went. You went. You it but you Thursday. got there early on Thursday. Yeah, I got there early on Thursday around noontime. Yeah, I left late on Thursday and got there. I I I actually stopped in town and got dinner with friends who were going back to the hotel, and I got dinner on Thursday in town, and then came out to the field. Um, right. You know, as far as far as attendance um i would not call it a record for the event they've had more pilots in years past however this was a significant increase as in like a doubling um i think last year they were down to 50 pilots uh, or a little over 50 and this this year mm-hmm. they were over 100 so um yeah. things are on the upswing for that event and they got plenty of space to handle it <laughs> yeah that's for sure um that place is awesome the bathroom i mean just the facilities are just awesome yeah there's 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 nowhere else like it. Um, when it comes to difference in AMA and the AMA facility, the International International Air Modeling Center and the Triple Tree Aerodrome facilities, uh, Triple Tree I would call a lot more rectangular in that you drive a long drive down to the bottom or back up to the top, and there's there's flight lines along the whole thing, which is basically mm-hmm. along the main full scale uh, flight line for landing a full scale aircraft, whereas IAC is a big, big square with flight lines all over the place and crisscrossing. You know, they've got, they've, they divide it up into smaller rectangles for mm-hmm. different flight lines. But yeah, I, uh, Triple Tree is just so great. That's one of the reasons I, I drive. Was it like 500 and it's, it's over 500 under 600 miles for me. It's well, like 515, I mean, I've gone, 520 miles. Yeah. I've never, I've never been to this event. This was the first year for the event for me. I've been down for Joe Nall. Yeah. 
couple of times, but I've never gone down for the event. It's always either rained or, you know, every year that I could go, there was something came up and I was like, or the hurricane came up one year. Oh yeah. I remember that. And I was just like, uh, and that was when the event was kind of dying down. Yeah. Uh, but it's nice to see it coming back. Dupalo and I went to Joe Nall years ago. And once, once I figured out that they had a heli only fun fly there after having mm-hmm. seen the facility, uh, years past, my my basic answer to friends were like, "Hey, uh, should I go to Triple Tree?" Be like, "Dude, knock down your wife, push your kids out of the way, you know, stomp a mud <laughs> hole in, in the sales guys trying to knock on your front door and get your ass to Triple Tree. It's a great place. Like, there's no reason not to be going. Else, than, you know, you've got some obligation, or you know, you you just don't feel like spending money to drive or fly that distance. Life." Life's not an answer. I'm sorry. Um, <laughs> well, you know what? I'm sorry. Uh, Triple Tree is Triple Tree is great. Um, Triple Tree is great. Uh, you know, since I arrived late Thursday, for me it was Friday. Get in, get the pilots meeting, and get up with with Ray, and I, I put skids on my model, and you know, get out there and start doing the classes. So I just I went over to that other flight line and. And Friday, I flew a little bit myself and then just sat down and worked with guys who were trying to get models in place on Friday on mm-hmm. on that full-scale flight line. And then also Friday, we determined, you know, Friday, Friday the lines were already painted by Ray and, and others have explained in other podcasts, but he had lines. Uh, we had a foul line, which is where you had to sit down before it. You had to set the model down before it in order for the auto to count and how far you slid. And then we had lines painted every 25 feet so that we could easily measure, you know, your exact distance from the last line you crossed, um, which was fun because uh, Steve O'Connor and then Ray uh, were the others who helped in an f- official capacity. I know Mernane also started helping, like he was running out there mm-hmm. with, with Ray and they were measuring off the line. So one, one, one guy had one end of the tape measure and Ray had, you know, Dan had one end, Ray had the other and they'd run out there and measure it and yell back at me and I'd write it down. But yeah, Friday was just getting, the, you know, getting the guys in on, on the course. Um, it, it was, it, it was interesting, the different strategies based upon where different people were with their autos. Yeah, it was. Yeah. I know I know for you Rich, I I I had to completely change up the strategy and and for a while there I I was uh, I took a I took a back seat. I I I actually asked Steve and Mernane got involved working with you and then finally I, mm-hmm. I came at the end. <laughs> yeah, it was cuz I'd never done a sliding auto before. I mean, I could do autos. And I've been practicing doing autos and trying to get them down where I want them, but I had never done a sliding auto before, at least not on purpose. And um, but I knew that this thing was coming, and you guys were going to help us work on it. So you guys changed up what I did a few times while we were doing it, um, which was was I had I had so I can't even tell you how much fun I had um, with that whole process with working with different guys, you and Steve. I just um, you know, what I mean, it was. I'd never, and I was having, I actually think I slid better Friday than I did Saturday. Um, I definitely got it on the ground better Friday, but um, that whole thing of getting on the ground, letting it slide and that whole thing of letting it hop, you know, I don't know. I I, I didn't mind. I know that guys say that's not a real sliding auto, but um, 
if you got it down on the ground and you were trying to get this, it came from guys trying to get light on the skis to go farther, obviously. Um, I know for me, I always auto, unless I have to auto from another side, I seem to always auto from my right. Yeah. And on Friday, that was the, which side was that? The wind was coming. That was the, that was the downwind. I mean, that was the upwind side. Friday's weather was a little crazy. So I actually, during the whole yeah. practice session, the wind direction changed. I did some yeah, from I the did. right going uphill, um, which, which was, um, I think was the uphill and downhill didn't really matter. What what mattered more, normally autos, you do them upwind. You're flying into right. the wind when you do the auto. What we found for the contest is you wanted to fly downwind. You wanted to let the wind push you along. And yeah. and that, you know, Friday, during Friday, the wind was a little wild. Saturday, it changed. And so, yeah, all the, all the autos were done from the right. We're done from right to left and going downwind. Right. And that was, if you're used to coming into the wind, doing your autos into the wind, the first couple of times you do it going downwind, um, that model flies. I mean, it's like yeah, it moves farther and faster than you think it's coming. It's like, holy crap. And you don't really realize. Like Saturday, you know, Friday we did the practice, and, and I learned a lot, learned how to get it on the ground, learned how to make it slide. And you guys were, you guys worked awesome with me getting that done. And there was a bunch of guys out there doing it. You know, we had what, probably, what'd you say, 10 maybe? Oh, contestants or practice? Yeah. I mean, there, there must have been 10 people who came out and practiced at various points during the day. Right. And then Saturday morning, I got up and ran to get some ice. And when I was leaving, I saw Andy out practicing. Yeah. And, you know, holy crap. He was getting some long slides, and uh, but he was going down the hill, which is also the direction it was also going downwind, and he was sliding. I mean, I, he had one where he landed at least four, well, it was each one was twenty five feet, so he was fifty feet before the double line, and he slid all the way down the hill and ended probably three or four feet yeah. from the grass, the tall grass, because of Andy's practice runs. Uh, we oh. went out there on Saturday morning after his practice and we painted we more 25 foot markers because yeah, of, because of his excessive distance on his slides. Right. I know that had to have been over 300 feet. So. Yeah. Um, around 225 is where we started hitting deep grass and it, on the, on the upside, on the upside on the, and the downside. Yeah. yeah. It was the downside further. was longer. Wasn't it, it was. Yeah. But, and, but, but he had started before the line too. So I was like, oh man, this is going to be, this is going to be awesome. I figured he would be in the running and, um, <laughs> he was in the running. He was in the running. He, it's just that he, <laughs> he did the one auto and lost a link and that, and, and he packed light for the trip. Yeah. He told the story, you know, why, you know, cause he was, he, he did not do the same thing he did Saturday. I mean, I'm sorry, or Saturday morning when he was practicing, cause he was leaving it on the grass and sliding, he just had a ass load of speed when he hit the ground. I mean, just, he was screaming and, um, you know, another way of getting it done. And, uh, it was, it was what the winning, the winner, he had what? 282, right? 282 feet. 
Uh, I'd have to go look at his at, at a at a race site. He actually uh, yeah. There's a link off of uh, randomheli.com that lists all the results and and distances. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it was 282, and I think you know, I don't know. We can all guess, but I mean, it. I don't think too many people thought they were going to go 280 feet. No, it was uh, when this thing started, and uh, you know, I mean, for me. Because I was up third, which I wasn't anticipating. And uh, I got up and I had, out of my four flights, I only got one before the line. And because we were, we were going downwind and I hadn't really done that. And that first one that came down, man, it was what I was almost at the end of the, almost down to the grass, probably what, probably 50 or 60 feet from the grass. But that was sort of where I touched down. Um, I didn't slide very far. You know what I mean? It was like, holy crap, the thing won't touch down. Yeah, it was, it was, it was interesting. Uh, talking to Ray, this was a contest for fun, but he was also looking forward to carnage and it happened. And it, oh, yeah. it seemed the two <laughs> times for carnage was either pilots trying to get the model to the ground and they tried so hard, they hit the they ground. S- they slammed it mm-hmm. or they went along really, really far and they, they, these they bleed it out, and then you pull a stunt like um, uh, the CD, Chris McCulley, and he <laughs> rabbit-eared Steve's heli four times and didn't, four times, and didn't break it. Four times, all four flights. Yeah, four times, yep. all, four autos, he rabbit-ears it, and 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 it didn't break anything on the on the Synergy, which was <laughs> nice. It was it was fun. It was fun to watch. It was a it was a blast to watch. I mean, he t- that fourth one he tumbled it. I mean, it was like end over. It end. was, and uh, I'm like, holy crap! And that thing, they just picked it up and flew it again. Yeah, that's what I did with the logo at at, at the uh, mow down. Is I was doing that auto, and I was just trying to like do a slight slide, and I kept on bleeding the head speed to the point where you see a, you start strobing, and then. Yeah. Well, there might have been a certain someone on Friday's practice who actually touched his blades to his boom like three times on the set down because he set it down so hard. He 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 touched blade to boom, and uh. and <laughs> and yeah, he 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 send it send it. That was his take on it. I, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and that somebody knew what they were doing. Yeah. So. Um, it was, it was, it was fun. It was, it was a good time. So I got a question for you guys. Did anybody try on the pond? Okay. Oh yeah. Okay. Cause I, cause, because the other podcasts have been talking about that, but no one said yes or no, or, this, or how it went. I want to know. So Chad Taylor, Steve O'Connor, and I, I know they did. I thought there was one other Chad, you may remember is the one who flies KBDD blades on a TDR. And he yes. does a oh, slow, yes. slow head speed. Um, his helicopter drank a big gulp of water. Yeah, like upside down in the water. Yep. She's thirsty. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, he put the TDR upside down in the water. Yep. Upside down? Uh, like, like he was doing inverted or something? Or it, it flipped just t- over. It, it flipped over. Okay. It flipped over, yeah. He, he, cut over, flipped over. He, 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 he took a big old drink of water. I didn't get to see it, and I don't know if there's video of it, but um, Steve... You know, that's uh, <laughs> mm-hmm. Steve had a great, you know, Steve years ago, there's video out there. Steve years ago took up the challenge of, of, of skiing on the pond. And that was before <laughs> the current skis we have. The original skis were just one ski per uh, uh, pipe and they didn't connect to the other skis. So they wouldn't stay flat. 
Um, mm, right. And he did it, and there's video of Steve doing it. Um, he, again, so uh, Ray has a foam built for uh, landing on water for the helis. And Steve, get, again, was doing it this year, and he was having fun. Um, uh, yeah, on Saturday, after the contest was done, uh, a previous uh, – so, you know, there was some sightings of – uh, old the old school F3C guys, um, Wayne Mann, uh, Cliff Hyatt, uh, they came out um, as they're they're closer in that area now, and then oh, cool. uh, Daniel Hyatt, Cliff's son, who's a previous uh, USA F3C team member, he came out and he sold a bunch of stuff. So I bought a set of blades from uh, Daniel. And uh, I wanted to fly him. So Saturday afternoon, I think it was uh, Rich, Andy, myself, uh, a friend of mine, Scott. We were out there on the same flight line. We did autos on just practicing and flying and, 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 and having fun. And, uh, yeah, I, you know, I was debating this with a friend. Uh, I wasn't debating it. I was talking to him. You know, there's, there's three main points I learned between nationals and and the fun fly at the end of this 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 month that uh, I went to um, Triple Creek, I, I learned something that I hadn't really learned. I really didn't understand before, and that is y- you can go too fast to flip and roll with a rotor blade, and it will upset the model. And the gyro won't do much about it, and it can upset the model in different ways. And and one of the ways I saw it upset my model is it would it would uh, the tail would. It wouldn't kick out, but it would change angle by like five degrees during like an axial roll, and it would cause the model to start rolling away from me. And instead yeah. of being in a straight line that was perpendicular to the flight line. And one of the things I, I found as I was listening to my models, the, the first 90 to almost uh, 160 degrees was quiet, and all of a sudden the model would just make sound. The rotor blades would make sound. And that was the blades trying to, you know, the, the gyro trying to get to the speed B it was told to get to, but the blades were just like, I ain't doing it, brother. <laughs> right. And that was something I got to learn during during Heli Extravaganza when I was practicing at the end. Um, which is one of those things that I, you know, as of late I learned between Nats and now is that you can command a rate that is that is that isn't crazy, that is just too much for a rotor blade for a head speed, and it won't do right. it. Um, which is something I learned at the end of the event. I was real happy on that Saturday. I think I, yeah. I debated what to do Sunday and I finally just cut my losses and went home. <laughs> well, everybody, I think, man, cause we were up on the long flight line, you know, farting around and those guys had gone down to the pond and did their thing. Cause none of us actually saw what happened down there, but True. we were told about it. Yep. And then, um, you know, you were, you were playing with your model and flying it and, then I think didn't you fly Andy's model too? Oh, we got they were there's some flying. Ground. I did I did I did toy with the XL power and and um, I, I think I will say something I've said before. The initial feel of a model isn't necessarily the mechanics of the model it has a lot to do with the gyro and the model. Sure, um, it has a lot to do with the gyro and the model. And uh, I have my own opinions of the uh, MSH brain slash icon. On, on how it does with, with its default settings for how I want to fly. <laughs> right. Well, then you also flew my gasser. That's right, dude. Uh, I did and, fly your gasser. 
and you hadn't you said you'd never flown one before. No, and, I hadn't. Uh, uh and, and I'll say the comment I said before, I said to you then, if I had to fly that engine in that airframe for the rest of my days in my hobby, I wouldn't be all that upset. <laughs> that engine that engine had power. That engine had mm-hmm. power. I mean I could I could tick tock and upset the engine, but you know, as you're talking about a bit ago and, and, and you mentioned a DePaulo a little bit of a little bit of gov tuning could probably make it a little better. Oh yeah, there's no doubt about it. It's it it needs a little tuning from somebody who knows more than I know. Yeah. Um and I think and you know Andy's helped me with it in the past, but I think it still needs a little bit of work. And um still to fly so like to do axial rolls, like an FAI axial roll, that engine was mm-hmm. holding I wasn't that engine was doing it perfectly fine for me, mm-hmm. and and I was I was I was pleased. It, it was doing it was doing the 3D I wanted to do, and it was doing the FEI I wanted to do. Mm-hmm. I could push it into bog, but I can. It was it would be just the same as me pushing my, you know, my my 40 series electric motor into bog. Right. <laughs> right. Um, it's much more audible on it. Yeah. Yeah. I was glad to hear you say that because then you know, you and I worked on the tail a little bit and got it a little better, um, and uh, but I got that 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 model got a lot of lot of comments during you know during the weekend yeah and uh, people are liking it so I don't know we'll see um, I like it I want to get a little you know like I said I want to get that governor tuned better I'll and, put a CGY uh, on it. <laughs> <laughs> You might convince me of that on the Protos. We'll talk about that in a minute, but it's not going on that one. Uh, um, the CGY gov for gassers is is a uh, it's 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 pleasant stuff. Well, I have I've had several guys tell me to you know, switch it over to the Futaba with the older Futaba to GV one. Um, is it the GV one? The GV one is my understanding. The, the my understanding is the GV one is perfection for a gas or gov um they're hard to find they're hard to find but if you see them buy them yeah that's the one i think that is not that the one raj is using uh, uh the one raj is using raja uses yeah. it but i've also seen that raja has i think i've seen him with a, a gy 701 and possibly even a cgy 750 doing just governor duties I'll be very clear because mm. Raja has Raja's sponsored by Bavarian Demon, last I knew, right? And it was only doing governor duties because the GV right. the GV one's hard right. to get a hold of. Right, I know he's using the Futaba governor, mm-hmm. and he's using the Demon um, flight controller. Yeah. So you know, but I've had several guys mention that. But on that model right now, there's not a linear throttle curve. It's a it's a really weird curve that most of the power comes in in the beginning, and I've got it set up very mechanically. Um, well, the, you know, I mean, there's a mechanical setup on there that brings most of the throttle in in that first half, and then it very rapidly um, goes through the last half. Yeah, and uh, in, in, in my understanding, in practice, how I've worked with Ben and others who run gassers is that typically mm-hmm. pisses off the GV1. Because the GV1 yeah. is used to linear, but you uh, with the GV1 or the CGY, you can adjust uh, low uh, low throttle and high throttle, so mm-hmm. that um, the GV1 won't drop too low uh, when mm-hmm. 
when it overspeeds and it won't go too rapidly high when it when it when it under when it when it's going right. under so that it won't mm. over rev and under rev so so he in such big manners right ben, ben was talking about that when he was when i was talking to him about it yep. at uh at wayne um but anyway well more more playing with that could come i guess and uh, yeah i think but, i think everyone cleared out early on saturday mm-hmm. night because the weather forecast for sunday at triple tree was was was, was rain was rain um yeah, i felt so a few we got back a lot of people cleared out already. yeah we got back saturday evening a lot of people cleared out and uh we had fun and then you know video that i think did make out was was dan renane flying over the pond saturday oh, night geez. with his goblin and I think he touched his blades yeah. to the water. He, he, yeah, GTA, you know, he was flying <laughs> it like he stole it and he, did, and, yeah. and the, and the law didn't catch him. <laughs> the law did not catch him. He got away. <laughs> five, yeah. five stars got away. <laughs> yeah. That was an awesome flight. Yeah. There were several nice flights over the water. Yeah. Uh, from various people but yeah sadly awesome. sadly no live video comes out of there because cell phone reception for at&t and especially verizon is absolute garbage out of there yeah and i do know uh the committee who runs the triple tree because it is a uh, 501 organization they have definitely mm-hmm. heard the feedback loud and clear that if they if they it would be really helpful to get live video out of that place yeah ray was telling me that Every single event down there, they have the exact same complaints. Yep. It doesn't matter what the event is. Yep. That it's because there's no Wi-Fi or no, not even Wi-Fi, but there's no cell service out there. You kind of spoke about Wayne Arrow. Yeah. Um, that was a day trip for me. <laughs> <laughs> it was an overnight trip for me. Yeah. And uh, and uh, it was fun. We had the weather forecast wasn't great. Um, which was kind of a problem. But when we got down there, we just, there was not a big crowd, honestly. Um, no, it was, it was funny. I got down there. Uh, ben uh, made me aware of his misery index. Like I, I had known <laughs> about it, but he actually explained the misery index. And so now I have this term misery index. <laughs> And so we went over to we went over to Walmart and got some. Uh, he he got a uh, a cap or not a cap, but a uh, uh, what the f- a, a, a beanie. Yeah, a, be- a yeah. beanie. And um, he got a beanie, and we got some lunch, and uh, we got back there. We got a little bit of flying in. Uh, mm-hmm. We got a little bit of flying in, but you know the big thing for me on that trip is I brought Timothy along. Uh, him, uh, Timothy and, uh, our friend Hiddle, uh, did math mm-hmm. in the backseat the entire time. It was freaking insane, <laughs> but it was fun. Uh, and, mm. uh, you know, it was just, it was four of us, the van talking the whole way. Um, yeah, that's cool. Yeah. And then Timothy and Austin got to play when they got down there, turned your trailer. Yeah, Austin with me and yeah, tr- yeah, they hung out in the trailer and, pl- you know, shared games, iPad games. And, yeah. Um, Ran around the field and yeah, you know, um, we're out. Well, they were out in the uh, was it peanut field picking peanuts and <laughs> um, yeah, they had a good time. I was I was glad you brought him and Austin, you know, yeah, learned a few new things and yeah, it was awesome. They had a good time. And Did you give me any peanuts? No, damn it. Have you ever eaten peanuts out of a field? 
Well, you got to roast them. Oh, uh, yeah. You got to cook them in the oven or something. But yeah, they're. Yeah, because they taste like crap if you roast them. Maybe, maybe, maybe next time I'll, I'll, bring my, I'll bring my propane torch and we can roast them. Hell yeah. <laughs> there you go. Up. You're not dealing with a torch. Uh-huh. Not anymore. <laughs> <laughs> Sous vide them. How about that? No. Sous vide them. They've been <laughs> sous in the ground. But we did learn peanuts have to be. Um, they grow underground, and then they have a machine that brings them above ground, and then they harvest them. Right. Yeah, that was that was some learning. But um, I'd say the only other thing is uh, I lost a charger and I lost a transmitter pack uh, going to, at that event. Um, <laughs> this is a fun story to listen. Y'all are gonna like this. I don't know how deep I want to get into the story, but my don't let Air Force people touch electronics. Oh yeah, yeah. That that okay. That's fair. Yeah. Oh. Um, oh my. Yeah. My 2S 6.6 volt life pack gave its last breath trying to charge a 6S 5,000 milliamp hour LiPo battery. And, um, through your charger, through the charger, which, which the smoked, charger didn't appreciate. The, the charger smoked, and my life pack, uh, measures 0, 0.0 volts on everything. <laughs> and by measures, I mean it doesn't turn anything on. <laughs> um yeah. i did learn that yes the 18sz can run a lipo so how about that yeah <laughs> just kind of like a four uh what is it down four pl i forgot which one i bought the car radio it's the same thing you call up a certain somebody photography like, hey so it says life on the box but the custom voltage setting it says 7.4 what's that all about yeah. And it turns out, yeah, you can put a lipo in there. Yeah. You can find one that fits. <laughs> I will say that typically what comes to the issue is, so like your 16SZ came with a wall wart that's meant to charge a nickel metal hydride battery. My 18SZ came yes. with a wall wart that's meant for a life battery. Yes. None of those wall warts, and I mean by the wall wart, but that stupid block of plastic you plug into the wall so you can plug into the charging port. For 10 hours. For 10 hours are meant for a <laughs> lipo. <laughs> and so if you right. go this route you you're 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 on your own and that gets into the whole legal disclaimers and blah 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 and like oh my god just end me now um i don't like wall warts i bring a huge charging setup i i typically take my battery out of my transmitter and charge it my lesson learned is uh make sure to do that at home Yes. <laughs> My lesson learned is make sure to do that at home. Charge the radio before you get to the field. Yeah, I, it didn't have to charge. I figured I had a little bit of time. I'd charge it. The bl- the battery is black on a back background. You don't always got to charge your shit, but it helps. Yeah. <laughs> you know, at least you brought the radio. Yeah. <laughs> Shaggy. That sounds like a story. It is, and it's off topic, so. Um... The other thing I did do is I confirmed dates with the uh, Wayne Arrow guys for uh, Mid-Atlantic Heli Championships for next year. Cool. Um, Sweet. And now we don't have to worry about HOD anymore. Damn. Uh, I hear there's plans for HOD, but it won't be called HOD and it will not be in the same location. Uh, same, same, group, same great group of people, but possibly at a different time frame. Okay. Okay. Well, we'll see. Yeah. No, I, I, um, I won't, I won't rule it out. I won't rule it out. 
I'll get into this as I get into the next subject. Um, yeah, Wayne Arrow, we got our flying. Oh, that was the other fun thing during Wayne Arrow is the guy started doing autos and I couldn't help myself because I was just seeing it done. Being Seeing it done, uh, I was seeing room for improvement. And so I went out there and uh, Jay was doing autos for the first time, Jay Treadway. Mm-hmm. And he, he came away, he did his first auto. He's like, oh, that's easy. And then um, I started giving him some uh, some coaching, and he mm-hmm. was then setting a model in place. And he was like, "Holy shit!" I was like, "Yeah, um, yeah." Why haven't I been doing these all along? And then um, uh, uh, Imputo was um, he was practicing inverted autos, and I needed mm-hmm. to get some. I need he he needed some hard and fast lessons real quick because he was <laughs> he was screwing up stuff that was about to about to end his model because it was stuff that would be stuff that oh, you would hope he would have learned in upright autos, but he didn't <laughs> necessarily learn it there. Yeah, you should have seen the autos he was doing with his belted uh, Kraken this weekend. Wow, <laughs> the same. He's like. I don't have the tail control. Where's the tail control? <laughs> you know, I don't have any tail control. Yeah, he did a few with his with his crack, and then he went back and got his inside. Is, is he going? Is he going to RCHO this weekend? Uh, yeah, he'll be there. Tell him to bring. T- t- text him and tell him to bring some and tell him to bring some sacrificial gear because I am going to beat him until he doesn't want to fly anymore <laughs> in autos because his flying <laughs> skill has surpassed his auto skill, which means he's he's learning really complicated autos really fast but there's some basic stuff i gotta hammer into him hard <laughs> i'll give him a heads up hard um, he's got to learn some things hard yeah yeah you should have seen that that uh that kraken was um was feeling it but, i imagine uh, so i, I you know. and to be honest I'll, I'll get into it in a moment, but uh, I'm I'm I wouldn't say I'm back to the drawing board, but there is I I've got a lot of auto work to do. Is um, I don't, so let's say this. Are, is there anything else we want to say on Wayne Arrow? Well, I just want to say that, and I got in some autos, some sliding autos. Yeah. Um, I had taken the I got a set of the skis from Ray, and um, it was funny because nobody ever watches me fly and. I went out with my gasser, with the skis on, and I don't know, I did what, I don't know, five or six autos maybe? Uh-huh. Turned around and looked, and everybody was freaking watching me. And I'm like, guys, you got somewhere else to be? <laughs> um, <laughs> so I was like, I'm, I'm, huh? I'm kind of sad that I didn't pick up a set of skis from, from Ray now. Oh, I was then. Yeah. At that point, I was kind of sad I didn't pick up a set of skis uh, when I was at yeah, Wayne Arrow. Yeah. It's fun, and I tell you, it's um, you know, with the help that you gave me and Steve gave me, and 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 playing around, and then playing around with the skis, I I don't see myself going to too many fun flies where I'm not going to take them with me and play with them. It um, it is a great part that I saw that if you get a little stupid, it can become sacrificial. Uh-huh. But the skis make sliding autos less less. <laughs> If you do them on asphalt, yeah, your your skis aren't going to take the pain. And no. if you're doing them on un, you know, on on not so perfect grass, mm-hmm. they're awesome. And if you're doing them on really perfect grass, it's even more awesome. Yeah, yeah. I know. I didn't get to try them this weekend on our field. I was going to, but I decided to uh, make sure I've got the gasser for next weekend. So 
Um, I'll bring them this week. I don't know if I want to do them at RCHO though. Um, I don't know. I'll bring them. Yeah, no, it was fun watching you sliding autos on Saturday. Yeah, it was, I had a good time and it, it, you know, I'm just going to do more of them. I'm having fun, um, you know, watching what you guys are doing and then, you know, I don't know. I'll tell you, I've torn up more damn helicopters lately doing autos, but <laughs> it's, uh, <laughs> I'm having fun. I just got to get better at it. Yay. Will, Rich has so. a dark side. <laughs> a crashing side, I guess. Ah, the shaggy uh, side. <laughs> Dude, I did, okay, what the hell? That's not what I want to imitate, though. Mm-hmm. You know? I swear you crashed six times in one year, and all of a sudden you're the crashing king. What the fudge? Ah, I, I've got a oh. friend who, every time he says Nick Maxwell, he says Nick's, Nick Crashwell. Oh. <laughs> Nick like, doesn't crash much. No, he's he's made it purposeful not to, but... The last event uh, was myself and my friend Hiddle joined me. Uh, we went to Triple Creek RC in Riverview, Florida. It is eight hundred is is seven hundred something miles, so it was over fourteen hundred miles round trip, going from <laughs> Virginia to basically we're we're down near Tampa, Florida. Yeah, sorry I bailed on you. Yeah, but it's not a problem. Man, I looked at the miles. And I went, no way. Um. I so with that is I uh, officially entered. Um, I actually think someone I was competing with is calling me from Canada right now. <laughs> uh, I officially entered the F3C class, so I am now officially amongst guys like Nick Maxwell and Cliff Hyatt and the others competing. Uh, you know, that includes uh, Dwight and Goza and Chris and all the other guys who compete in f3c um it was fun uh it was a lot of fun uh so one thing i learned is uh the weather forecast looked awful for for riverview and 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 based the way that forecast was i would make other plans if i was in virginia for something to do that weekend but i'm like dude i want to go and so i reached out to my brother uh, down in Florida, and I said, "Man, this forecast got me worried. Can you give me a local's perspective on this forecast?" And he's like, he looked at it, and he goes, "Dude, that's a half hour." He goes, looking at the forecast from my more, from my other sources, he's like, "That's gonna be a half hour of rain." And I was like, "Dude, half hour? That much? Okay, whatever. Bring it. Going." <laughs> um, you know, I, uh, I drove all day Thursday. Got down there like eleven thirty p.m. Thursday night. Hammocked on the field and, you know, Friday got some practice in, got some practice flights in. And then the afternoon they did some cleanup on the field in the grassy doing some mowing. And so, uh, my, my, uh, my nephew, he was celebrating his birthday. So I went and had dinner with family. It was funny. Everyone's looking at my brother and I, cause we look so similar. Uh, but we didn't learn about each other until, uh, was it right after Christmas 2017? <laughs> wow. So it's now, this is the second time we've seen each other in a year. So we look really, we look very similar to each other and it confuses everybody. And then confuse, <laughs> it just, it, it takes them back how similar we look. But yeah, I went and had dinner with him Friday and then uh, Saturday we got in four rounds. We were trying for six. We got in four rounds on Saturday and the rain, the rain got us. So we stopped and it was still afternoon. We stopped and then went and had the, the typical dinner at the um, 
uh, sushi slash Japanese restaurant, which is a it's it's a tradition for that event to do that. They recognize us and yeah, they know us. <laughs> it's funny. <laughs> um, and uh, it's a great dinner. Hang out with everyone. It was fun. I actually visited, so I upgraded my membership with Planet Fitness, and uh, uh, you know, that's one of the ways to get a shower in while I'm camping on the field. So, yeah, went mm-hmm. went and hit the gym Saturday night <laughs> <laughs> uh, after dinner, and you know, uh, got in got in my calorie count, you know, got in my exercise, and got the shower, and got back to the field. Uh, I can tell you, the mosquitoes lit me up. <laughs> uh i must have put my arm against the hammock on uh, my left arm against the hammock i i, I think i counted uh, somewhere over 30 bites on my left arm dang yeah they they lit me up um they were babies though they were babies they they didn't know how to pull the blood the, they really didn't get the, that itch in me which is usually <laughs> a good sign i got hit by babies not by not by full-on like mosquitoes and a scientist could probably tell me better on what actually is happening, but yeah, they they weren't they weren't they, they didn't get me real good. They just a lot of them got me a little bit. Um, no local forecast. If if you're questioning a forecast for an event you're traveling to, find someone local who knows how to uh, who knows how to read the forecast for the area, and it'll tell you whether or not it's 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 worthy of driving for. Uh, oh yeah, I know what you're talking about. Like. Um, like the way it rains here, it's like, uh, they say it's a 50% chance, but usually it's like 10% chance. Uh, check out the w- weather in Oregon. Is it worth going out? Uh, 10% rain means a hundred percent chance. Yeah, it's, it can be really seasonal. Um, Florida down there was, you know, yes, it's a rain, but it's a half hour of it. It's going to happen. That's what's going on that time of year, but it's not a, it's not a summertime half hour kind of rain. Uh, the temperatures are getting different. But yeah, I needed a local's take on it. Get a local's take on an event you're thinking of traveling to. They can really tell, tell you whether or not the weather is, is, is screwing the whole time or it's going to be great. Um, I officially entered F3C. Uh, and now has me debating on how I get money together as to whether or not I'm going to try to make the USA team. Uh, you know, whether or not I'm going to try for the USA team at nationals in 2020. Um, a lot of practice, a fair amount of money. And, um, it's work. It's, it's, well, it's not work. I'm not going to put it like that. It's, it's a lot of practice and, and it's money. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But you know, you've earned your way there. So if you have, if, if, you know, at Nats, I can earn my way there. Um, you know, I, I got into a different conversation and maybe we can put a different time to that conversation, but, um, you know, there's, there's still a lot of room for guys who think they ain't that great for either F3C or F3N to, you know, possibly make, you know, a, a national team um, mm-hmm. to, to go. Cause you'll be surprised in that. And I'm not going to go too far on this, but guys who can make the team may not want to spend the money to go. And so if you have the means and you are a skilled pilot, you may find yourself in the contention to go to Worlds and represent the U.S. And you're hmm. a great pilot anyways. So that's as far as I'm going to go on that one. <laughs> uh, well, that's awesome that you that you moved up, man. I know you've been working on it for a long time. Yeah, thanks. So that's, that's awesome. Yep. Okay. So main topic. Let's get this started. Uh, 
throttle control and bank switching. Figure out which switch is your throttle hold so you don't freaking chicken dance in electric oxy. Uh, Somehow that happened. So, so three different things have really brought this up as a topic I, that, that Rich and I came to. I think it's worth actually talking about. Um, one is just just the things I've been experiencing at events as of recent, and then two, just some of our own personal experiences. Um, by what we mean by throttle control, so first, first, let's get into throttle control. Um, I, I primarily see that there's two ways of controlling throttle on model helicopters. The one way I would call the old way, and it comes out of how guys set up their throttle, their throttle for nitro helicopters. In that usually we had a normal mode when you dropped your left stick all the way down to the bottom, your engine went to idle. Mm-hmm. And um, that that was pretty much the older way. And that and so in that when you when you went into your you know flight modes or idle ups, you would engage your governor um, and or you would engage like V curves, a V shaped throttle curve. And that was how you kept your engine always on for doing aerobatics. I would I would call that the old way in that there has been a newer way come out. And it's mainly centered around guys who are primarily fly electrics. And we'll get into mm-hmm. how, how the new way deals with nitro uh, in a moment. Um, but yeah, the old way really comes out of that. And what you'll see is you'll run into people... That was the way they did their nitro throttle curves. When they come to electric, and this is what I did, uh, their normal throttle curve on the electric turns the motor off. And though when you get into your idle ups or uh, flight modes, um, out of normal, you would have a straight line throttle curve for those modes. Um, and And I moved away from it because... I moved away from the old way because I took off in my normal mode with my model, flipped it inverted, and then went to punch out by going full negative on the collective. Well, I was still normal. My motor turned off. My motor, my heli fell out of sky. <laughs> yeah, because it went to slow spool, right? Yeah, it, it turned the motor off, yeah. and there was no, there was, there was. There was, I was, I didn't go up high before I did it. I literally got like three feet off the ground, went inverted and punched out. That oh, model so didn't, time to slow no, that model didn't get 10 yeah. feet up before a motor was off and it just fell to the ground. Off or at idle? Say again? It would have been off. It was off. The motor, like, the motor was off and there was no coming out of that in, in 10 feet of ground. Yeah. It closed the carburetor. So you. No, no. I was running an, I was running an electric. Oh, oh, Okay. Yeah, to explain that a little bit more, right? When when normally you've got throttle, when you have throttle hold on an electric, hit throttle hold, it takes it to zero. Or if you've got spool up, depending on what speed control you're using. Let's 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 get even deeper with this, Rich. Okay. Let's okay. So a normal for for normal. When I say normally, I'm gonna say as a as a standard, most throttle curves go from zero to one hundred. 100 right. is wide open throttle, give me everything you got, and zero is motor off or off. or engine engine turned off. Right. Turned off or idle. I'm, I'm just going to get this clear. 
If it's zero, it's off. It's off. Yeah, okay. Nitro or electric, if it's zero, it's off. And so there's points above zero where a nitro or gas will idle. Mm -hmm. Will idle. And right. And and for an electric, if it sees those points above that, it may not turn the it may not spool the motor up. But if it sees those if it sees that after the motor has been spooled up, it will quickly spool back up. Yeah, that's how you get your rescue, your rapid your rapid mm-hmm. spool up is if it never sees zero, then it knows to rapid spool. It knows to rapid spool. Right. You mean bailout, not rescue, right? Ba- yeah, no, bailout, not okay. rescue. And that's why he said rapid spool. Because that's why I said rapid spool. Because when we use the verbiage, in this conversation for this show, if we say bailout, we mean an ESC quick spool. Mm-hmm. Because bailout these days is is often, often gets confused with rescue. With rescue. Right. It does. That's why I was specifically saying a rapid spool up. Because it's, you know, when you come off of, you know, you go into throttle hold with an electric and you want to come off throttle hold because you've blown it, you want a rapid spool. You don't want it to slow spool. You're going to hit the ground before you stop. I mean, before it spools back up, right? It's not a rescue. Not not a rapid spool. So, you know, with me, and I know to just to talk a little more about that point, every model I had ever set up before, you know, back in the day, they were all nitro. So you had throttle hold would put the model to idle. Yes. That's what I had mine would at. Would not shut it off. Okay. And that's how most people set their nitros up even today, right? Yep. Yes. Throttle hold goes to idle. The throttle stick, we would go all the way to zero. As long as I had idle up on, it would it would idle. You'd have a kill switch that would take the throttle to zero to kill the motor on a second switch. Now, if you go back to the old, old days... You used your throttle trim to cut the engine off. Well, that was one way to do it. That was I what mean, I did. I did it yeah. with a switch. You could also do it with throttle trim. Yep. So, but your throttle itself, your throttle stick would just, would let it idle. It doesn't go all the nope. way to zero. Okay. But if I, and this is something that just came back from old school stuff. Anytime I would carry my radio, my thumb would sit on top of my left stick and hold it down. Mm-hmm. That way, if I was carrying out and I hit throttle hold on my pants or some other reason, if I came off a of throttle hold, it, it won't spool. It'll just sit there and idle. Yes. Right? Yep. So I have set up every one of my electrics since then exactly the same way, right? Throttle hold is for bailouts if I come off bailout, but that stick, that throttle stick, if I go to zero, it won't spool because it actually is seeing zero on the throttle on the electric. It's a whole separate setting. To get the slow spool or, you know, to get to uh, the rapid spool off of idle up. So you still have that up? You still have that set up today? In normal, on most of my models, it's still set up that way. Okay. That's just because that's what I did. That's what and you And hence it's part of this conversation, right? It's what I was, I just always, I always, to this day, I still, when I'm carrying a helicopter and I'm walking to the flight line, you'll always see my thumb over top of the left-hand stick. I got Even you. though now... And we haven't talked about the modern, more modern way of using two switches to control that. Um, and I'll let Monty explain that a little better in a second. Um, so I know, I know what you, so yeah, I know what you're saying about like, cause I, I had that on my nitro and I'm setting it up differently now, now that I'm switching over to Fataba, but with the JR radio, what I had is yes, I would have your throttle hold would 
you know, when you flip throttle hold, you no matter what you do to your throttle stick, you know, it's seen that straight zero curve. There is no throttle inputs, just enough to keep the engine running. And yeah, yeah, just enough to keep the engine running. When I hit throttle throttle hold off, my stick is my my throttle slash pitch stick is all the way down. Engine's still running fine. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's still and, on an idle. And right. then, of course, you, you, you start throttling up. The uh, I'll have a curve where soon as I get about maybe 40 to 45%, so it's to about maybe to 50%, so basically zero degree pitch, the engine will go, it'll start flattening out. And then as soon as I'm about 60%, I'll kind of flatten the curve because the governor will kick will kick on at that percentage. Right. So it'll go kind of slow, 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 slow. And as soon as I get about half stick, which is zero pitch, the engine will just throttle up all the way because now the governor has kicked in, and now mm-hmm. and and then I can start increasing the pitch to to start flying. Uh, the big mistake is if you don't flip the switch to a you know that that flat throttle curve. I've done it so many times where I'll pop it up uh you know on elevator go inverted full negative to punch out and all you hear is it's like oh crap flip the switch bang there it goes well, that was <laughs> yeah that's what monty was just talking about so yep. for a normal a normal startup for me um has been come off idle you know come up um I'll come off of idle uh, or a uh, throttle hold and then start the spool up just by moving the stick up let things start to spool and then go right into idle up one and I never fly normal. Normal is just for me acted like a safety. Yes, yes. That has yeah. changed, right? It and has changed. It has changed. And I used to so when I when I started when I started flying. Sorry to cut you off. Uh, when I started flying this nitro model, you know, granted, I still was learning how to fly helicopters. This is my second helicopter. I flew a lot at that normal mode because I wasn't doing acrobatics yet. So mm-hmm. I would get into that hover, and that's all I did was hover a little bit. And so, like, I'll when I, I'll do pitch pumps where I'll pitch up positive, and then I'll start going a little bit of you know around mid stick to a little bit under. The engine will kind of die down a little bit, and then get back into uh, you know, into a hover. And then, of course, mm-hmm. when I land, I'll just kind of slowly drop the uh, the collective, which also lowers the RPM. And then I'll just kind of you know drop down a little bit yeah. where you know where the engine will kind of where the governor will turn off, the engine will start slowing down, and the blades will start you know, spooling, you know, slowing down before I go full negative and push to the ground. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I flew it on that on normal for a very long time. But of course, things change. Like you said, things change. Not anymore. I always fly with you know a full straight curve and you know flip idle up. Yeah, I mean, for me, idle up one and idle up two both engage the governor. Normal never engages the governor. Okay, yours is different than mine. Then all right. You know what I mean? For me, that's the way mine are set up. Yeah, and on, honestly, mine was already set up. I never changed it. So now I'm actually changing it now. And it's a whole new world for me. Right. So, Monty, why don't why don't you go into the discussion of the way it's most common to set them up now? Um, yeah. So the way mo- many of our listeners are probably more used to who've gone straight into electric is um, – your 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 throttle curves for your modes, all of them are just straight lines, and you have two separate switches uh, that that control what's going on. One switch could be called uh, a throttle cut or 
motor arm or motor run switch. And the other switch would be just like throttle hold or auto rotation. And so that once you allow the motor to be running and you're not in throttle hold or auto bailout, your motor's on no matter where your left stick is going. Your motor's on unless you throw your throttle hold or or your throttle cut switch which control which control what your motor does and so what you'll see depending and a lot of why I say there's different terms for the same switches it comes down to uh, radio v bar vbc and and vbc and everyone else have and everyone else have different <laughs> terms for what so like uh, vbc will call it the auto rotation condition and that would be the same as like throttle hold for Spectrum, Fataba, Jetty, where they call mm-hmm. it like auto rotation. That is one switch, which when you flip it, if you flip out of it, your motor will quick spool because it didn't show it zero. It showed it a number above zero, but not not running, not a number so high mm-hmm. as you're running. So the other switch controls whether or not the motor is idling or motor is running and that would be what Fataba or Jetty or JR or Spectrum refer to as a throttle cut. And that switch shows the ESC the zero signal, which means you slow spool up after seeing that signal. Or if you're going out for the first time to fly after you plug in the battery, it arms the ESC. Yes. Yeah. So like when I when I power on my model, it doesn't see a zero signal. The ESC boots up, it powers my electronics, but it doesn't uh, arm. So I could flip every switch except for my throttle cut switch and the motor won't turn over. Once I flip throttle cut, the ESC has been armed. If I flip my throttle cut back to run, that motor is going to turn over. That motor is going to turn. Yeah. And here's an example that everyone, just about everyone will, will understand. If you have, if you've owned a castle, this is, you know, you will know that when you, when you go out there, and you have a throttle cut, and you plug in the battery, and it makes the chimes of how many cells you have, but it doesn't do that. That it does multiple. It doesn't arm. It doesn't do a multiple chime until you flip that switch all the way down. The ESC will then see a full zero. It will make that chime. Now it's ready to go. That's kind of an easier way because most people have had a castle and and had to deal with that arming. Many many of us have had castle, yeah, because castle and contronic. Uh, I my my personal experience, they will allow you to not show a zero signal upon power on, so that you can arm mm-hmm. the ESC later. Hobby yes. wings, mm-hmm. hobby wings no. don't like this. No, they don't. <laughs> hobby wings want to see a zero when they power on. If you don't show them a zero, they just sit there and chime at you endlessly. Yes, they right. do. <laughs> it's really annoying. Um, I really, yeah, <laughs> yep. Uh, those are the three main ESCs I, I end up seeing right. at the field is, is Hobbywing, Contronic, and, and Castle. What about Scorpion? I don't know. Do we know anything about Scorpion? I don't know. I, I, this, the, between the four of us, I don't think any of us flies a Scorpion right now. I've got a couple of them, but I don't, I haven't got them in any models yet. Okay. You know, the big, the big reason I wanted to bring up throttle control is, One, I smashed a model using the old way with an electric motor. I've almost had so many uh uh-ohs. And so many of my friends have watched it happen in real time. Like, you're a normal flipped idle up. (laughs) 
Right. Because it's happened so many times. So now I'm on the new method. My electric motor once once arm takes a switch to shut off. Or take yeah, it takes mm-hmm. a switch to 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 stop it from turning. Because I've I've broken models that way, I've almost broken models that way. My motor staying on. Even mm-hmm. when I'm doing, you know, F3C hovering, my motor's on. It will not turn off until I flip a switch. Because right. as I've experienced, uh, DePaulo's seen it actually. He's been standing next to me at nighttime when the air mm-hmm. is nice and thick. I've had to drop my left stick so low that my motor turns off. Seen it. To get the model back to the ground. <laughs> and, yeah. and so if the air is thick enough, yeah, I've, I've run into that problem, which which makes for, for FAI, and we do some strange things anyways, requires some requires you to play with throttle curves. It's just easier to keep the motor on. I'll use a switch to turn it off. Um, however, I have seen I have I have some friends who were so set in the old way I cannot get them to go a new way. Um, they've quick spooled the model. They they had the rotor head completely stopped, and then they flipped out a throttle hold, and the model is quick spooled on the ground. It's scary as hell. <laughs> mm-hmm. If you if you can't discipline yourself to train a new method, I will say don't switch. Keep a zero. Keep a zero on your. Keep a zero in your normal mode. Mm-hmm. I know. I have started. My own thinking was I. I always wanted that second safety. Yeah. But when I went to Jetty, we have a lockout switch that we can use as throttle cut. Yeah. And by lockout switch, I mean you have to physically lift the switch to move it. You have to pull it up and move it. I've experienced it when helping you, buddy. When when buddy boxing with you. Right. So. By putting that switch on, I can't turn it or, or hit it with my pants, right? I can't scrape it up against anything and just accidentally lift it up and over. Um, lift it up and over. That's a lot of work. So that's a lot of work. And so it's a throttle cut. It sees zero. Actually, it sees minus 50, I think is what I've got mine set at. It, it, it never sees zero unless I turn it off. So when I, when I activate that and it says, you know, safety off or whatever I've got it set to now throttle hold. The way I've got my, what I have started doing, I first have done it with my oxys, is now if I come off throttle hold, it will spool. No matter where my throttle is at. Um, so as soon as I come off of, you know, throttle cut, boom, come off of throttle hold, model starts to spool. That gives me three true flight modes now. Because normal is no longer a safety. So I can have a 3D curve in it if I want it. Um, that's new for me. And it's still, I'm not going to be honest with you, it's a little bit unnerving to come right off throttle hold and have it immediately start to spool. Because I've always, always been able to just hold my left stick down and not have it spool. Right? Yeah. And it's going to go, when it starts to spool up, it slow spools, of course. But... You know, so I immediately move to mid stick so I don't shoot the thing into the ground because the governor's going to activate. It's going to come right up on governor. So, you know, I end up moving to mid stick. So I'm at zero pitch, let it finish spooling, take off, fly it normal. Everything after that is, you know, like it has been for me because I never flew in normal, right? I'm always flying an idle up one, which has always got a governor on it um, and has some 3D curve in it. Unless I had my. A model set up for F3C and for hovering, which was what caused the problem on the Protoss last weekend. Uh, 
Yeah. And um, because I don't know if this is a good place to talk about this, but. Uh, we'll get into bank switching in a moment. Okay, let's let's we'll finish up with this then. So, like I said, I've got my oxy set up that way. I'm slowly thinking I'm also going to move my other electrics that way. Um, you know, nitro's nitro. It's going to be you know, it's sticks down. It's going to idle. Doesn't matter. Ah. Um, but if it's you know, I'm I'm old school, so it's it's new for me to think that way. You know. When I first saw the way that it works on a V-bar control where they don't, it's all the new method, right? It's not, you're not. They're all new. Are not, are, they're, right. They are not setting it up the old way. And I was like, man, I do not want that stick to not be a safety for me. And that's, and, uh, and that's probably where DePaulo can help us on introducing a little bit of the old method on VBC for nitros because we typically like to use our normal mode to be ungoverned so that we could tune it. I don't even want to talk about the age that that was. <laughs> the what? So, originally, Jones and I had to figure this out, but you ended up having to use a whole pile of crazy macro cells to sort of bullshit your way into having a throttle curve. It was it was pretty stupid, I'm not going to lie. It, it did work, but it was stupid. So, apparently, after a little while, this... I mean, I'm not in the VB control uh, loop, so when this came out, maybe I wasn't really around for it, but a while later, they added a, I guess you could call it hidden function, but if you set, I think it was, you could set the macro cell number for the curve you wanted, and you'd go into your nitro control, and you could tell it, but if you gave it a negative number in your pitch curve or something like that, that was your macro cell. It was like some goofy roundabout backdoor way of doing it but you could set a throttle curve yeah because a lot of the nitro guys have just turned off the governor and went straight throttle curves and they're adjusting the throttle curves now the other thing is though if you're trying to tune um i know a lot of people have said oh you can just ruin the governor well then you turn to this fun game of trying to make sure that the governor is putting the engine on the right spot on the carburetor and you know the number of people i've seen running around with Decent tunes on the high needle because they can peg a governor and angry TikToks, but then just abysmally crap mid-noodle tunes because they can't actually get the governor to ever settle down because they have crazy high head speed. Yeah. So then they do like a, an overspeed or something and the engine goes into the mid-range. It's like, and it sounds like crap and bogs. Yeah. Um, okay. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> now I'm going to go into... Bank switching. So, bank switching is typically something done on the flybarless controller, and uh, it you know bank switching allows you to basically play with every darn setting in one bank so that it can be different than another bank. Um, I use this in in competition to have a bank dedicated. So, I have a bank dedicated to hovering, a bank dedicated to aerobatics. A bank dedicated to just flying the heli for fun and a bank dedicated to doing auto rotations. But there's two methods of engaging banks that I've seen. One method that I see is common for brain slash icon users is the banks are in a separate switch. Mm -hmm. um, the wizard, the, 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 the wizard on the computer basically walks you into this. It's simple to configure, but it's complex to use in flight. And that may be my opinion. 
The other method, which I've seen more common for Fataba and VBC users, is banks and flight conditions are on the same switch. This can be more complicated to implement, but it's easy to use in flight. Uh, why do I say one's easier than the other in flight? With MSH, you usually end up with a separate switch that is not your flight mode or idle-up switches that controls your banks um, when you're using those. Controls the condition of the flight. And then the, you know, on the VBC Fataba way, when I go into idle up, I'm engaging the bank that does aerobatics. So it was one switch engaged to two things. So I use less switches to be there. Um, mm -hmm. The big one on here is I would rather be more complex on implementation, but easy to use in flight than complex in use in flight and easy to configure. Uh, I've run into this a couple times now where I'm working with a few different, I'm actually working with two different competitors now with the MSH brain and I want them to be able to use a bank dedicated to hovering, but everything's so complicated that they've got to go back and like redo the entire config. And it's like, oh boy. Um, well, you go figure that out and uh, an hour or two later, I'll be here for you. <laughs> I think a lot of that has to do with most people set the brain up to be tied to their flight mode. DePaulo, the wizard walks you through setting up a separate switch that is not tied to flight modes. It is a separate oh, switch. Well, then, how about that? But, but you don't have to have it that way. You don't have to. Um, um, I would prefer, I, I prefer, and I usually do it, uh, I put the flight, I put the the MSH brain or icon on my flight mode switch. So normal idle up one, idle up two, mm -hmm. idle up three, and throttle hold will engage various banks in the brain. Yeah, that's how I've always done that's it. That's how I prefer to do it. <laughs> but Your way sucks on the Oxy. I think that's pretty much how I've seen every person I know do it. But I guess their wizard is stupid. Well, as you just heard Shaggy pipe on and say, your way sucks, he prefers to have his bank on a separate switch. Yep. Do you enjoy having your gains all over the place when you switch edge speeds too? I'll be <laughs> honest, and this is going to be a bit of a personal attack. Shaggy doesn't know what the f*** he's flying on his goddamn E7 trying to do any competition maneuver because he doesn't know what switches are doing what shit. Wow, that was, that <laughs> was harsh. <laughs> Damn, dude. What the? Who, who gave you the freaking Quintana and just like started jabbing? Well, Gosh, and last weekend, and last weekend in Florida, I went to help a pilot. I was like, my experience with the brain is it is a handful to hover. It doesn't want to settle down and hover. And I, I, the pilot last week, I was like, increase your gain in hover for your rotor head. He couldn't. The way everything was locked up, he, he went home with homework. Okay, I've been going through this, this exact thing, okay? And Mike, you're right. Everybody, just about everybody I know that flies the brain has those modes either ignored or they're just set up on their flight switch. In other words, they have one bank set up. They don't use multiple banks. They have one bank set up for the way that they're flying. That's the one they adjust. And the other two aren't even activated. And it's just attached to, to normal. So anytime you're in any one of your flight modes, that's the bank that it's using. I mean, I always, right? because my gains are generally quite different for various head speeds. But it's also because idle up one on my Nitro, for example, is 1500. Mm -hmm. 
smack mode is 2150. You're not going to use the same right. gains for that and get decent flight performance. Right. Okay, and that's where I'm going to say I can totally understand that. It really is, but it is still a user preference, though. I mean, that's just physics. I, I can I can relate that, though. I can understand that, yeah, your gain settings on one bank at this head speed are going to be completely different than that same bank on a, on a, on a you know, freaking 5,000 RPM head speed. Yeah. I'll tell you the way, and, and being not at the skill level you guys are, and Mike, certainly not with the knowledge of the brain that you have, I would always just set up the bank one, bank two, and bank three the same. And the only time I ever change them, and keep in mind, I'm not doing smack. I'm flying sport, right? But, and I'm getting better. And I, as I got better, as I'm getting better, I notice why I need to change those things. But I'd have bank one, bank two, and bank three all set up the same, or bank two and three not even activated. And, you know, I mean, just fly it in, you know, when as soon as I come out of normal, it goes battle up one the gain stays the same unless I wanted to play with it. And then I would set up a bank and, and use a switch other than the flight mode switch to change it. Cause then I could see what it was going to do. Like for instance, I did that a lot with the tail when I was trying to learn how to, how to, how to play with the tail and what the gains did. I could flip that on, see what it did and then flip it back to where it was or I felt safe. Right. It takes a little bit of playing for guys to learn that you can change those numbers and it's more than likely not going to make things go really crazy. You know what I mean? I agree with you. And right. I would say like Apollo spoke about at, at minimum for like a fun fly machine, mm-hmm. a bank for low head speeds, a bank for high head speeds and a bank for autos. Mm-hmm. Um, for, you know, for those pilots who can, who can, who can feel the difference in a gain on a rotor head between a, uh, an extremely low head speed and a gain on a high one. And then just having settings that are good for autos, because um, you know I, I drop I drop my gains low lower for autos than me than any of my other two uh, flying banks, because mm-hmm. um, the model there's there's a there's a sweet spot between it holds angle and it's trying so hard to do everything that the gyro is just helping you bleed head speed. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and and also there's the part of you know you go do an overspeed auto if you get it oversped enough and your gains high uh you're gonna feel it you the model's gonna tell you about it you'll, you'll, you'll hear guys do it yep but you know back to my setup when we started playing with wanting or i wanted a hovering mode mm-hmm. right I could certainly make normal my hovering mode. Yep. And apply that bank in the brain to my flight modes, and I can change the bank. And then as soon as I come to idle up one, which maybe that's my big air mode um, for but for F3C or for you know sportsman class, that's my big air mode. And then idle up three gives me the third bank, which would be my 3D mode or whatever I wanted to set it to. Could certainly do it that way. To be to be honest. To keep it simple, and I'm probably even going to make my current setup even simpler. Uh, Normal is where I do my hovering at. Idle up one is where I do my aerobatics at. And then um, idle up two is going to lower my head speed before I enter the auto. And then I hit Mm. throttle hold and enter the auto. 
Um, I can use the additional unused conditions in the radio to queue up different head speeds for fun and queue up different, you know, uh, queue up different banks in the controller for fun. Right. Um, but I, I, you know, this last weekend when I was competing, I had up one, two, and three. All they were doing was increasing increasing the amount of collective I had mm-hmm. on the model until I got to idle up three and idle up three gave me everything the model had all the collective and too much and too much uh, cyclic right. to make the blades upset. Um, but idle one idle two wouldn't upset the model. It just gave me more right. collective. And when I was down in Florida, one thing, one thing that's fun about Florida is Florida has a lot of wind. Um, through my flight tracking, I usually fly in an average seven mile an hour wind. Every time I go to Florida, mm-hmm. it's in the teens. It's, it's 13 to 17 miles an hour and has normal form. Mm-hmm. And I fly with a reduced collective for my aerobatics because it just makes the maneuvers easier for me. And, mm-hmm. um, I didn't need more collective. I didn't need more collective. I could do, the, I could do, I could do all the same maneuvers with double the wind speed. <laughs> right. Well, you know, my learning curve going into wanting to fly sportsman and you talking to me about the idle, you know, or not, I love, but hovering maneuver setup where we're hovering at mid stick. Yeah. Right. And in playing with things and as quickly as I made the changes, I came out of that setup that, that, you know, Mike was talking about where, you know, putting everything on the idle up, which is way, I, I know for a fact that most people do it. Right. Every, most guys that I work with the brain, they've all got it on that switch, just like Mike's talking about. I I moved it off of that because I wasn't sure how to set the model up and hover. I talked about this in one of the first shows I was on, right? Yeah. Um, I, I went back. I was having a hell of a time hovering. I changed my pitch during the contest. I changed my pitch. I changed the location of my pitch relationship to where my stick was at, right? So that I'm now hovering at mid-stick. Yeah. I lowered my pitch considerably. In a hover, I was like minus th- minus three, minus four degrees, minus eight or nine on. I mean, plus minor nine, uh, nine or ten on top, more like eight or nine. You know, what I mean, just very narrow. But I had the whole stick to get there, right? Yeah, that was in a hover. What I didn't do, and this is why I had, and I know this now that I'm thinking after what happened this weekend. This is where I was having so much trouble with my rolls and stuff because I had the jetty set up in global mode for my pitch curves. What that means is when I made that change, it changed it for all of my flight modes. So that was the pitch I had through every flight mode. So I only had three degrees of negative Hmm. or maybe, maybe four degrees of negative set up in hovering, but I also, when I came in and came out of hovering mode, flipped a second switch because I had had that mode, and I'll get to that in just a second. I, well, actually, I'll, let's talk about it now. On the separate switch, I had raised my gains so high and reduced my dual rate so low for hovering. That model won't even roll over, <laughs> right, Yeah. in that mode. I mean, it... I better have it really freaking high if I try to actually roll it over. The uh, and that's on switch. So then I have a second bank set up that has higher rates, less expo, and that was the one I was doing rolls and loops in. 
but I hadn't changed or didn't realize that my, my pitch curve was still in global mode. So yes, I got the extra head speed when I flipped the switch. I came up to idle up two, gave me the extra head speed, but I got those extra gain, you know, the change in the gains, or I mean, dual rate and expo when I flipped the switch. That gave me enough to give me, be able to do loops, be able to do rolls, but I still only had negative three or four degrees in my roll, but it was at the bottom of my stick. Yeah. Right? I had to get the stick all the way to the bottom to get that little bit of negative, which I needed in the roll. It was reason the sours roll started to exist. I think as bad as it did because I was only coming halfway down. I was still leaving a lot of positive in it. I wasn't just doing a barrel roll. I was doing other crap. Right. So what I'm saying is, is that we can have them on a separate switch. The best way to, it gives me more control to do it. That way more room to play. But this weekend when I was in, normal mode or when i was in idle um uh, my hovering mode i was do i just went up i said i didn't need to change it to my 3d mode or my big air mode because all i was going to do was do an auto i wasn't thinking about how much negative pitch i had or that i had to have the stick all the way at the bottom and as i when i hit the switch and i'm coming down and it's bleeding because i've still got positive because i haven't dropped it all the way to bottom to get the three that i needed or the four you know what i mean I, I was probably staying in positive. Matter of fact, I know I was. You know what I mean? And it I bled off all the head speed and crashed the helicopter. Um because I just didn't think that through well enough and I hadn't autoed that helicopter with those settings set. So I know exactly where I was at and why it was happening now. And I will going forward set it up like what you're talking about, where I'll have a idle up one. Um, which will be a hovering mode. It will, it won't be a normal in the sense that the way I've got it set up now where that's kind of a safety, right? Normal lets me move the stick all the way down. It doesn't spool. It's the way we were talking about earlier. It will be a, I've got a kill switch. I've got a throttle hold and I'll have a normal, which will be my hovering mode. And I will attach that to that first bank, which will have my gain set up for hovering and my governor will be set up for hovering. And then when I go to idle up one, that will be the big air stuff and then maybe idle up three is um is 3d and then mike you know more about this with the jetty but i've got six flight modes with the jetty i don't know how to use the other two modes and still have you know which gyro setting is it going to use i haven't played with it um to understand how that works the i don't need those extra two flight modes i don't think you know what i mean I, i i can't think of a reason why i need them um, because, you know, of course throttle hold counts as a flight mode. So you've got six flight modes, but there's really five there that you can play with and change settings on. Um, you know, but I know what I'm going to do forward and it comes out of this. This is where this discussion started, you know, this weekend was when I crashed the protos figuring out, and I knew right away after a few minutes of looking at it, why I did it or how I did it. And, and how I'm going to move forward setting my helicopters up. But it means I'm going to get away from having that stick down, you know, zero throttle setting. I don't know. I, you guys can... I think I think in in the end <clears throat> on bank switching, mm-hmm. uh, I would recommend for all to have it so that your bank switching happens on the same switches that are used for your flight modes or idle ups and not on a separate switch. That way, 
that way you um, aren't trying to throw tons of switches to get a desired effect and just one or two switches. And additionally, you know, you can, you can, if you want something different, you can sit down and think about it and, and program it in. Cause the other thing is, is I would keep it cause you know, V well, V bar before VBC used to give the option, you know, do you want, do you want to channel to control your tail gain or do you want the channel con to control banks? I always chose banks and my mm -hmm. banks would start off, you know, very well matching each other. And as I tuned for, you know, low head speed, high head speed, your banks would differ up a little bit, but it was all matched with my, 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 my idle up, uh, switches. Mm -hmm. I would recommend people do the same, you know, no matter your gyro that way, you, you can tune for that head speed or what it is you're trying to accomplish at, in that switch position. Right. Yeah. Um, and, and, you know, you don't, you don't end up, you know, all of a sudden in a hovering condition in fast forward flight <laughs> and go, Oh God, why is it doing this and trying to figure out which switch you need to flip in order to get out of it. Right. Or uh, yeah. Yeah. That's what it basically comes down to. Right, I, and I and I totally get that. I also get the fact that if you want to play and you want to try and mess around with different settings on different banks, you may apply it to a switch and then run it back to your to your uh, uh, you know rate switch. What I what I usually do is um, all have a condition dedicated to toying with things, and and I may like like the CGY seven sixty gives me five. They, what, what I refer, what many refer to as banks, Fataba refers to as a condition. And so I have five mm -hmm. conditions in the CGY 760. Well, hovering aerobatics and auto rotations is but three of the five. So I have another one I can just toy with. And so. Right, but we don't have that on the brain. You have three. We only have three. You only have three, which means I end up, in my setup, I'd end up playing around with an aerobatic condition, which maybe the, if they're going one, two, and three, it would be the second condition. Mm -hmm. Um, I may toy around with that one or, uh, yeah, I would toy around with that one or, yeah, I would toy around with that one just to try something mm -hmm. because a lot of try something sometimes has a lot to do with the head speed and depending upon right. who's in charge of governing, well, you, you would be trying, you know, maybe you keep the head speed the same, but you try a different gain or you want to change head speed and gains and, and flip and mm -hmm. roll rates and expos and you're going to toy around with something. So, right. Yeah. Because I know, as we've talked about, and this is where I'm just at in my flying right now, you guys know that, you know, Mike was talking about how he uses it as he as his head speed changes, his gains have to change. I normally fly around at one head speed, you know what I mean? Once I come off of idle up and I'm flying around at 1750 or whatever I've got, that's what I usually use. I don't, I rarely go to idle up to, rarely, you know, it's just the way I I fly. I'm not saying I'm not, that won't change going forward. I know I wanted, when I was flying the Oxys yesterday, I wish I'd had one set up properly. Um, you know, too, so I got more head speed. I was lower in the head speed because I was practicing some inverted um, circuits, you know, just flipping it over and flying by myself inverted. And I lowered the head speed so it didn't react quite as fast. Yeah. But then when I wanted to do some TikToks and it was bobbling all over the place, I was like, shit, I wish I had, I, and I didn't have higher, I didn't have another idle up set up. It's kind of so. It's kind of funny to me in that 
it's kind of like almost our progression through life. You you're born, you learn to walk, you you know, mm-hmm. you learn to talk, you start school, then you start switching through schools as you as you you know, uh, grade mm-hmm. school, middle school, uh, high school, college. Because um, I can remember, you know, most of us, you know, started in the helis and we're at a low head speed trying to learn to hover, and then. You mm-hmm. learn to hover, and then you 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 know you're getting past that hovering stage. You're like, I want some head speed. You you know you start mm-hmm. playing around with aerobatics, and then there's a point in there. It's like, oh, I'll play around with some low head speed stuff because, well, I want to fly more. And mm-hmm. then uh, and then or maybe maybe you just go, how do I get even higher head speeds? <laughs> yeah. Well, I know with the oxy on Sunday, I wanted lower head speed so I could get more than three minutes flight time. Yep. I mean, it was that, and it didn't move so quick on me. So when I changed, you know, when I gave a command, it was it was just reacting a little bit slower. But it, um, it is funny for competition. I basically have three head speeds: hovering head speed, aerobatic head speed, and throttle hold. <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, and that's where I think I'm going to end up. Also, I mean, really, that yeah, that makes sense. A not only for competition, but for the way I fly. Yeah. Well, and I have. For for competition, I have three head speeds. On my model, I have more. So my gyro, my gyro has five conditions. My radio also calls it conditions, and I have eight. Mm-hmm. And it's a bit much. People who've been close to me will laugh, and I'll say it. So one condition is dedicated to hovering. One condition is dedicated to thro- to to doing autos. One condition is dedicated to putting my canopy on. Uh, the Diablo <laughs> canopy. That one is ridiculous. Well, uh, V Control actually has a setting for this. Um, it does full forward elevator to allow the wraparound canopy to be put on more easily. Um, Are you serious? Mm-hmm. As a thing? Yeah, I thought it was just your thing. No, I got the <laughs> oh idea. Oh my from, gosh! I got the idea from the VBC guys. <laughs> oh, you're touching the V. Stop touching it. No, I didn't even have to touch it. I just watched what what Stop Phil looking at it. I just I just watched what Phil Adair was doing on his on his model when he went to put on his canopy and said you got dedicated. Oh, you just that. watching him, okay? Don't you have to touch Watcher. it? Oh, guess what? I got five kids. Um, <laughs> and then I have after that. That's three conditions dedicated to not even like flying like aerobatics. That leaves that's three of them. You know, three, that leaves five conditions for me to do aerobatics in the radio. Right now, I have a couple of them dedicated to doing competition, and I have got two of them dedicated to flying around for fun. They've got lower head speeds. One's like 1350, and the other one's 1550, and they'll give me like 12 minutes of flying. Or one one condition, the 1350, it's fun just to – that'll be the, the head speed I take off with to go up and do autos so that I get – uh, more more time for autos. I'm not you know wasting 1850 head speed to try and climb with because it's just killing a battery just so I can get up high enough to do an auto. It's ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's just it's just a bunch of I've uh, there's a lot of it available to me, but I've, I throw that air uh, stuff off into switches that are further away from me that are not mm-hmm. normal for me to use for competition, so I don't accidentally go into them. <laughs> Right. Yeah. Yeah, cuz my my canopy my canopy condition is not actually even on a switch. It's on a slider. And people are like, "Oh, this is so funny when you accidentally hit that." Yeah, dude. How many times yeah. do you use a slider in flight? Right. Yeah, I don't hear anyone else on the on the show chiming in that they use sliders for anything. Nope. Yeah. No, but there'll be nope. times where I'll be like, "Why are they in this position? Let me flip them down." 
just to get them out of my way. I have a resting position for the sliders because the position the position that turns on my canopy mode is actually uncomfortable for me. There you go. That's how you know. The slider the slider will end up on the inside inside part of my pinky. And that, works. that, that is not that is that is delicate skin. <laughs> <laughs> um, That'll work. That'll work. Yeah, because my other slider on the other side actually does throttle for hover. If I find that more head speed will help for wind, I can, I can, I am about a slider click away from giving myself more head speed, but it doesn't affect my, mm-hmm. it doesn't affect my idle ups. It only affects my hover. Um, um, I, I don't know. I feel pretty good about where I know I'm going to go and, and, and what I'm going to do going forward with my setup. Um, you know, there's a lot of talk. We can talk more about how you apply mixes and stuff to switches nope. and how that grows in there. Nope. But, um, not in this discussion. Nope. Yeah, so. That's a plain thing. Not a heli thing. Mm. Nope. Mm. It's a Monty thing. I've, yeah. Uh, sorry. Oh, uh, shaggy. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I'm not using mixing right now and I'm, I'm. Oh. I'm not using mixing right now. I have used mixing for the last couple of years. It, say, yeah, it's, you, you were. It's, it's yes. just, I only use it for planes, and it's still challenging. It's still freaking. Uh, no. Well. Uh. So, in summary, you uh, for throttle control, using the new way will help you uh, stop sm- smashing models. <laughs> if you are a very if you are a guy who's been using the old way and you're very well trained in it, using the new way probably ain't for you as you will probably quick spool a model and smash it. Which case, stay where you're at and do what you do and have fun. <laughs> for bank switching, putting your bank switching in with your flight condition with your flight conditions on your radio makes it easier for flying and testing it as opposed to a separate switch. Unless you want to try and flip every switch on your radio and then land and determine what switches do what again by checking out, checking out on the plugging back into your computer, <laughs> which is too much. So putting your, putting your bank switches on your flight condition switches makes it easier. Yeah. You didn't exaggerate at all there, Monty. Uh, I'm talking from personal experience of watching guys like, I don't know what it does. Let's go put it back on the bench and you can figure it out. <laughs> Um, one on the bank switching, you know, it'll help you. It'll, if you look for help from others and you have to go back and re rejigger all your bank switching so that others can help you. Yeah. Uh, that sucks. You're not going to get the help you want in the time you want it. And, um, close out. Uh, check out the other great heli podcast, Freefall RC podcast, BKRC podcast, the heli head show and skids up and on rerun. The RC Heli Hooligans, Full Pitch RC, and RC Heli Nation. Yep. By the time this uh, episode comes out, uh, congratulations to Freefall for hitting 200 episodes. Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, please comment on iTunes and po- and or Podbeam. Help others find the show. Uh, by the time this comes out, we will have already gone to RCHO's Fall Pull Fest in Knightsdale, North Carolina, November 8th and 10th. But that is the next to last event on our calendars for the year of 2019. Last one for me. I've got no others. 
I got that. That's it for me. And the next one, that's it. The first one of the year will be uh, the um, chill out. Mm, that's if likely it happens. Yep. Uh, I'm starting to see dates come up. So. Oh really? Oh cool. Oh, well, I'm starting to see dates for other things come up. Uh, Triple Tree has a date already for Hell Extravaganza. So I'm going to get started on the 2020 calendar. Um, do check out the Heli calendar. We put links in the – there's a link that is sticky to the top of our Facebook page. I also need to put this link in our show notes for each show so that people can find it. Um I know next year I have to look at what I'm doing because I'm, I'm still debating if I'm going to practice a whole lot more and how much fun flying I do. <laughs> yeah. Uh, last year in our closeout is with uh, sad news that we find out that uh, Alan Zabo uh, Sr. has passed away this last week. It is, uh, with our condolences uh, to his family uh, for, their, uh, for his passing. Absolutely. Yeah. So, you know, everyone uh, give a moment and uh, think about uh, Zabo Sr. Uh, remember your friends out there flying and uh, get together with them at uh, Fun Flies. Um, even if it's uh, for hanging out. Right on. With all that, um, looking forward to our next show of prognostications. Oh, boy. Here we go. <laughs> the best one of the year. Uh, and, the best last of the year and last of that is thank you to all listeners uh, email us email us at TellerotorRC or uh, email us personally if you want to <laughs> yep and with that said thank El you Presidente Scott Graham for president I think it is too late <laughs> where is mine that I have not mailed we got into the 12th man until the 12th. Well, he ain't, Mine's he out. He can't be president. No, but it's fun to try. Uh, it's not about trying. He can't be. Yeah. It's not about... If, if he gets him enough votes, he can't be. No, he can't. I know. I know. I know he actually can't, and he knows it too. But it's just fun. Yeah. Okay. I mean, it's, 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 okay. Never mind. See you later, everyone. Go smash like Rich. Yeah. Oh, God. Go wear out some shit like Apollo. Oh, go blow clutch. Go blow clutch. Thank you, everyone, for listening. We hope you enjoyed this episode as we enjoyed taking the time to make them. If you have any questions regarding the show, such as future topics, events, or anything else, you can send us an email at telerotor at gmail.com or on Facebook, search Telerotor. Thanks again, and we'll see you on the field. Welcome to the bloopers for this episode. We recommend you listen to them in private as the audio is loud and the subject matter a bit sophomoric. Enjoy. They have a uh, motor idle and a motor off. Yes. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, um, I'm just saying that because I because that that voice is stuck in my head. Motor idle, motor off. Ugh. Yes. Because I hear it all the time. I want to throw a brick at you right now. Um, I want to throw a brick in my face as well.
Because now I got freaking motor idle, motor... Yeah, I got V-bar in my head. In the end, mm -hmm. I've seen video of Nick Maxwell pirouetting slowly over, like... The video's in the dark, and he's like two inches over a cone. He's not hes not on the cone. He's two inches over it. He's slowly pirouetting, and his F3C model is staying in place. Mm-hmm. I wish I could have that. <laughs> well, how much of that's... I know a lot of it's the model and the setup, but a lot of it is also his practice and his time. You know what I mean? His him. No. In the video, right? he holds the f***ing transmitter out and shows that he is doing no corrections. Oh, you didn't, you left out that part. Yeah. Uh, he got a DJI NASA in there. That's what it is. <laughs> <laughs> GPS hold. We, we wish guys would come out and try a GPS hold in FAI because it would be fucking hilarious as to how awful of a job it would do to how well oh, yeah. some of these models are set up. And also, yeah, the fact is well. that, yeah, sure, the, 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 um, GPS, position hold on a you know the gps position hold on these quads you know they're good and all but they still have like a margin of like 10 feet you know in either direction it could be within this this bubble you know so when, when you're doing precise hovering you don't have you have 10 feet to the next freaking flag <laughs> yeah because i've i've asked the guys like you know, uh, what stops a competitor from coming and trying him? Like, uh, I'd love to see him do it. We've checked it out before. It doesn't look all that great. <laughs> hey, Rob, next time we're at, at the field, we should, uh, uh, and you get your your course all set up, we should ask Casey to take his um, Mavic and, and just try it. I'm curious. I, mm. I'm actually curious. Mavic's Mavic's different. I would say just put just put a brain in, uh, just put a brain in beginner mode where it's uh, always trying to be level. To, uh, yeah, it's a lot of fun when people throw every switch in their transmitter and go, I can't save it. And they throw the transmitter to you. Yeah. Chris McCauley, when uh, Mike's jet flamed out. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, uh, that would be more like Justin Real when his model, when his jet was flat spinning and he couldn't get it out of it. You yes. Yeah. Yes. Flip, 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 flip. I don't know which one it is here. Oh, he didn't throw the radio. It flip, 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 crash. Yeah. Yeah. Anybody speak Jetty? I can't figure it out. No, he figured it out. He'd forgotten it by the time he got up there. I got a better one he for you. He figured it out when it smashed. Way better. Uh, if, we're, if we're making fun of Jetty stuff. Okay. Yeah. Definitely got a better one for you if we're making fun of Jetty. Oh, come on. Bring it. We got to hear it. We I gotta think hear it. you were there with me, Robert. You and I were working on your uh, your torque tube for your helicopter the one time you we went to Quan's mm. Field. Yeah. Oh, you guys already talked about this. We have mentioned it. I know, it. but it's still funny. <laughs> <laughs> the super religious man who shall not be named had come over asking me for stuff for his jetty. He's like, oh, I'm setting up this jet. And he bought this big fancy Viper jet. And this guy is a winner. He's the one who had frequently yelled at me for doing dangerous 3D, but then dead sticked an airplane and tried to fly it back and ended up crashing it in the pits. Oh! And it flamed out because he set the engine up like an idiot and we all told him not to do it. So anyway, context there. Dude comes over asking for Jetty help to set his jet up. I show him how to turn the engine on and off and all that nonsense. And about 10 minutes later, Monty and I are working on his helicopter. We hear the jet start. I'm like, oh, cool. All right. Ready for a jet crash? We were never going to get to see a jet crash, though.
Because Dude Man couldn't figure out how to turn his jet off. <laughs> I just, I, I just, I just walked over there and hit the fuel cut on it and walked away. Yeah, because Casey's <laughs> holding the jet and he walks over like I need help, I need help. Casey walks over, or no, you, you walk over and hold it. Casey's ready to destroy a turbo. <laughs> yeah, I just reached inside a thing and just hit the fuel cut. I'm like, all right, you can figure it out now. <laughs> and that's why the AMA says to put a fuel cut in the jet. Oh. <laughs> Anybody know Jetty's man don't know how to turn off his turbine? I mean, I know that's off topic, but this is pretty much the poster child for why when you go to a jet event. It's off topic, but it's not. If you make your switches too complicated yeah. and then you yeah. go out there and try and fly it and you don't remember it because you just did it two seconds ago. Uh, yeah, I guess it's on topic. I mean, it's a jet example, but the topic is very much so. If you dick around with your switches, practice with them. Make sure you know what they do. Memorize all the things you dicked with because that's what got Justin. He'd kept yeah. all of the switches the same on his helicopters, on his planes and jets. And then he changed them all around for that rookie 3D jet for the one time. Goes and flies it. I'm like, wow, that's a really nice flat spin you're doing there, Justin. And that's when I heard the first <laughs> F-bomb, followed by several more increasingly panicked F-bombs, at which point I knew something was wrong. Yeah. I forgot which switch was the uh, heading hold gyro mode, so it basically just locked itself into a flat spin. Jeez. <laughs> oh, yeah, don't dick around with your switches unless you're prepared to relearn them. <laughs> yeah. Right. Shit, Rob. This is the one thing that we discussed last night we should not do. No, we're... Get off topic and then continue on topic. Yeah, well, we got stuff to cut out in there. Okay. Well, yeah, there is stuff, but I'll, right. I'll see if well, I can... Shut it. up! Close it out. I'm going to sleep. Close out. Close out. <laughs> hey, Rich, you gonna, you gonna you gonna try to, like, interview? <sighs> Do what? Oh, and off. Go on, do the closing. Let's uh, go. I thought it was gonna be a shout penis contest. I wasn't. Uh, no, it's too. Uh, yeah, no, I'm good. <laughs> good. No, you could tell that time I'm I was good. yelling as I was increasing my volume. Close out. It didn't hurt my. It didn't hurt my ears that He's time. He's expecting it now.